You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of August 11th, 2019. The podcast that likes to sing about the Moona and the Juna and the Springa. This is your host, Shane Killian, and returning this week is Charles Thomas. Welcome back, Charlie. It has been a while. How are you doing, people? Good to have co-hosts back. This is a lot better than just me yammering. Well, you know, that's, but it's always nice to do that, you know, once in a while, because you don't want someone to ramble on and on and on. Oh, crap, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> let's transmogrify the news of the bogus. So let's start with an update in the epic Craig Wright saga. I mean, he's, he's pretty much the only guy we know for sure is not Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin. When prominent crypto activist Roger Veer called him a fraud for claiming it, instead of proving he's Satoshi, which would be stupidly easy for the real Satoshi to do, he decided instead to sue him. Because that's usually the rational response to something like that, isn't it? Okay, that's one way to do it. Of course, he's far from the only person Wright has sued, as we've covered. He's just kind of sue-happy about anyone who claims that he's not Satoshi. And Wright claimed, quote, the defamatory attacks by Roger Veer damaged my integrity within the United Kingdom's community of business people with whom I primarily deal. Being labeled a fraud has a repellent effect with regard to future business. If people view me as a fraud, my proficiency as a computer scientist, as well as my life's work, will be called into question. Moreover, no one would reasonably enter into business dealings with someone thought to be a fraud. Well, maybe the problem is that you are a fraud? Oh, no, no, no. Just go into government. They, they love those guys immensely. Yeah. So the Australian Craig Wright sued American Roger Veer in the UK. So this is a case of venue shopping that's so obvious, not even the UK courts could deny it. Judge Matthew Nicklin ruled that the UK was not the proper venue and that the US would be more appropriate. Well, obviously. If this is a problem in the United States and Bitcoin, wouldn't that be the best place to do it? Well, see, he wanted to do it in the UK because they have very lax libel laws, like they don't even have truth as a defense to libel and slander. Oh, that's, 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 um, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot harder for him to sue in the US because if he sues Veer in the US, all Veer has to do is claim that it's true. And so he'll be singing Craig Wright is a fraud all over the internet, all over again. Mm. Then we just go through this stuff over and over again. The judge also found that there was no evidence of any harm whatsoever to Wright's reputation as a result of Veer's tweet. I think what he actually found that Wright doesn't really have a reputation, but that might be a different thing entirely. But he ruled, quote, The evidence demonstrates clearly that the claimant enjoys a global reputation, the vast majority of which was generated before he moved to the UK. It is impossible for the claimant to divide his reputation into neat jurisdictions. It is clearly global. In my judgment, the claimant's evidence as to the extent of harm that the publications have caused or are likely to cause is weak, lacks detail, and his filings put forward evidence at a level of generality that is almost entirely speculative. There is no objective evidence of any 
any harm to reputation in England and Wales. Yeah, so, but it's not going to stop him from doing anything. Uh, well, it's going to stop him in the UK, so it's over for now. We'll have to see if, if, if Riot actually has the stones to sue him in the US. Never discount a person with a lot of time, money, and, well, just the knowingness to be wrong. So, cause this is the United States, uh, Shane, you can sue anyone for anything. Yeah. Of course, it would be a lot easier if he would just sign something with one of the private keys known to belong to Satoshi, but, you know, it would take 30 seconds, but if you're not really Satoshi, that's kind of hard, so I guess suing's your only option. Hmm. So it really looks like Wright's actions are in a downward spiral. We'll keep watching, if only for the spectacle of it all. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. So it's time to be inundated with yet more calls for gun control after a couple of tragic shootings, but what the news media never seems to want to cover is how much better we'd be protected by the presence of armed citizens. Well, again, they don't know the actual, you know, the, you know, the size, scope. And by the way, I love the fact people who are so anti-police also would say the only people with guns need to be police. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like that meme where the guy is sweating because he can't decide between the two buttons. And one is like, you know, you can't trust the police and the other is only police should be armed or something like that. Yeah, you know, they want to know the illusion of security, and that's what it is. And oddly enough, USA Today, of all places, has made themselves an exception with an opinion piece by Eric Pratt, Senior Vice President of Gun Owners for America. So I want to say a few words about Gun Owners of America first. They're a great organization. Every gun guy I know or have talked to loves them and hates the NRA. The NRA is basically shills for Republicans. Uh, they really seem like controlled opposition because... They've advocated one form after another of gun control for years. I mean, to hear the news media talk, the NRA is behind all of this pro-Second Amendment activism. It's all just astroturfing. Yet, I really don't know of very many gun people who like them. Yeah, it, there's a lot more gun organizations than the NRA. It just seems like the NRA has morphed into this, like, boogeyman. Like, people believe if we take down the NRA, the world will be a better place. Is that... 
It's not that simple. Yeah, and so GOA and even other uh, organizations like Jews for the Preservations of Firearm Ownership, they're much more principled and focused solely on gun rights, even at times when the NRA has supported anti-gun legislation. And so if you're an anti-gun person whining on and on about the NRA, just stop it already. You're making yourself look completely stupid. I wouldn't say that. It's the media itself. You know, these analysts in the media telling them what to think, how to feel, instead of, you know, using the great thing they have on their phones, the Internet, to look at the information to see what these things, but, you know. But, but I mean, it's like you have these pro-Second Amendment rallies. The uh, counter-protesters show up with all these signs, you know, that are against the NRA, and they say, why do you love the NRA? They're like, we don't love the NRA. We hate the NRA. <laughs> so and like, those are the ones that don't get air. Yeah. They'll just say, they'll find, they'll find, again. The news media fired anyone that suits their agenda. So Yeah, so uh, again, good on USA Today for publishing this. Pratt pointed out that guns are used to save lives every day, although you'd never know it by watching the national news media. But he gives a couple of examples where an armed citizen stopped a mass shooting at a McDonald's in Alabama, and another man stopped a racist gunman at a Kroger in Kentucky. Yeah, again, people just, we just want to make sure people are safe, but yet these are things that keep people safe. It, it, it just, it's frustrating that people who will continue repeating the same arguing parts. I keep this stuff on Twitter and Facebook and everything else, and they just keep saying, repeating the same thing. What about the UK? What about Australia? What about this, that? You're to like, it goes to one side, out the other. They don't want to listen. It's just like they have that narrative. And it just goes right back to talking points. It goes right back to this type of demagoguing, same type of stuff that is um, prevalent. It's just repeating the same things over and over again. He also referenced the CDC data that we covered showing that guns are used 16 to 100 times more often to protect life than they are to take it. Information the CDC managed to keep buried for almost 20 years before a researcher ran across it. They already have done the research and such. It's just that it didn't do the research that they wanted to see. Like, I talked to someone saying, yeah, the United States should become more fascist than it is to give it all guns. Says, yes, just to protect people. I'm like, you do realize if you do that, like people like myself and you, anyone else would be even more danger. I explained that to him. So, oh, that's another separate issue. Well, and, and you live in Baltimore, don't you? No, I live in, um, oh. next to Baltimore. I live next to. Okay. But that, but that same area. So that, that's kind of a double whammy that that, that area is just. Mm, I live next I mean, like DC and Baltimore. So, yeah. And I look in Baltimore and I see the, um, corrupt cops. I see, um, you know, the entire city, most of the city just in decay and ruination. And I'm just sitting here. You know, it's kind of funny I, when I look in that time framework, it says you want the police and uh, more authorities to have more power when they can't even make sure a city like Baltimore, who is the people are nice, smart and everything else around them. Schools are failing. The police are corrupt and horrible and all the ills. They, they, they live in filth down there. And yet they will say, let's just continue working with the same people in authority. I'm it's downright insane. And then when they people do speak up, they're shushed down. The same people who say, hmm, you know, we want to listen to everybody. You know, they don't want to hear what they have to say. More examples cited by Pratt is the Houston man who fought off five home invaders with an AK-47, a Florida man who used an AR-15 to fight off seven intruders, and a Maryland bomb scared away three burglars from her home just by chambering around in her AR-15. 
And there really is no doubt about it, this good guy with a gun story is no myth. And also note that these victims were facing multiple attackers, so they absolutely did need firearms that held several rounds. Again, the illusion of security, people will fall in love with that, or use the data to fit their own ends. And he also pointed out that 90% of police officers agree that mass shootings would be reduced, if not avoided altogether, by the presence of armed citizens. And getting rid of gun-free zones. People who are mass murderers say, hey, you know what? Here's a place where there's no chance that there's anyone to fight back at. Yeah, it's like everyone says, how many mass shootings occur at gun shows? I mean, it's fear about, you know, guns, about these type of subjects. I mean, I don't own or any gun, but at least I'm like, okay, it's an object. It is the person who wields that thing. And if you want to say, okay, there are some people who are you know, mentally weak, they can't handle that type of stuff. Okay, fine. But I do not want to just take rights away for someone who is like, don't just want to protect them families. And they're like, fine, let them have a gun. But once you get like, um, governments involved, I look at what happened looking in Baltimore and other places, you know, the corruption. And I'm like, are you really want them to have that much more power? Do you want them to continue on hurting and destroying lives? And if the answer is yes, then I don't know what else I can tell you. So many good points by Pratt, all with supporting links, and kudos to USA Today for publishing it. Yes, yeah, they deserve that. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Now, this is a story all about how the screams of monopolization by the economically ignorant just don't hold water. AT&T, who enjoyed a monopoly of telephone service until the courts ordered their breakup in 1982 and remains one of the larger telecom services, including local government-granted monopoly power in many areas of the country, just can't seem to get a successful streaming service going. They just posted a loss of more than 778,000 traditional video subscribers and another 168,000 added streaming services. Well, I think it's mainly because of one content and two, they don't know what they're doing. And now, hopefully with AT, uh, supposedly AT&T now, uh, which is going to be another service, uh, it's, it's confusing. Say at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and their monopolistic mergers with DirecTV and Time Warner left them $67 billion and $86 billion in debt, respectively, more than $150 billion all total. And the service you were talking about, it's called AT&T TV now. All it is is a rebranding. They're removing the DirecTV name. Oh, yeah. Um, when I look at the, the, um, 
you know, all the other stuff they're doing. They have ATT TV. You have HBO now. They're going to have HBO Max in the next couple months. I mean, next year. Yeah. AT&T Watch TV and AT&T TV, which is different from AT&T TV now. And it's also like, because this has confused me for a while. You have HBO Go, which is for those with cable. HBO Now, which is for those without. And then whatever HBO Max is and how it's different. It's like, what? Um, it's confusion because they don't have any focus. They don't have anyone sitting there and have a plan. You look and say Disney, at least Disney Plus, their content will probably not be as massive as it once people thought it was going to be, but at least they have, what, a plan? Well, at least it's going to be like one Disney streaming service and not Disney this, Disney that, and just confusion all around. And AT&T and Verizon as well, they're both trying to topple Google and Facebook in this department, and they just can't seem to do it. And the reason seems to be that these companies have been propped up by government for so long, they don't know how to handle real competition when they come up against it. Ah, well, I'm not surprised. Are you surprised when you're given everything uh, by, you know, state legislators to basically ice out any competition or when they do get competition you know kneecap it every chance they get we'll make sure that no one really competes against you don't we're like don't worry we'll make, and now when you're in a free market you have to have competition you're, you're, they're not even close to being prepared you know they have no idea it's like tech dirt's carl bode said it's frankly hard for pampered monopolies to seriously compete because, with the exception of some tepid non-price competition in wireless, actual hard-nosed competition is alien phrenology to them, as are innovation, disruption, and quick adaptation. Companies like AT&T and Verizon have spent 30 years responding to competition by lobbying government to make life hell for their competitors at every turn. And because giants like AT&T all but own numerous federal and state lawmakers, that's routinely been pretty easy. That's not going to work in a streaming space where actual competition is starting to explode. And, I mean, it is a problem when AT&T can't even come up with a good name for it, so it's hard to disagree with them. Too much stuff. They're fractured. They have no plan. That's the problem. By the time they do get it, it's going to be a lot of firings, a lot of people, you know, people losing their jobs. And that to me is going to, they, when they finally are going to get it, it's going to be a very painful process until they do. Well, if nothing else, they're going to have to do something better than changing their name. And I think they might have actually been better off getting rid of the AT&T brand and making it all direct TV. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. 
And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to underutilize this week's biggest bogun emitter. And it's another ridiculous lawsuit as a couple of greedy money grubbers, and I'm not even going to mention their names, try to go after the Microsoft-owned website GitHub, which is one of the major repositories of free and open source software, as well as a lot of other content created by its users. They're suing because, as we covered last week, someone was able to hack Capital One's database and steal the personal information of more than 100 million users. Oh, wow. 100 million people. I like the fact that this happens. Because, hey, why talk about, like, you know, the person who stole this data? You know, you should be going to jail. No, let's, um, I mean, could you imagine someone's going on a television station do you sue them or do you sue uh, Twitter? Do you sue the person who owned it? Like, for example, filming the camera or something. Ha! They're just sitting there having a random day. They're going to park it and next, you know, bam, this thing shows up. Ha! You, you spread that information. I'm like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Well, but I mean, you could justify suing Capital One because their IT people were telling them, I think, for months, if not years, that these problems were there and needed to be fixed, and they neglected to fix them, so you can make a negligence claim against Capital One. But why sue GitHub? Well, these rapacious pigs are suing them because, get this, the hacker who broke into Capital One and stole all that data has an account there. So that's why. So just uh, sue the guy yeah. who uh, sue the person who has this stuff because he have an account. So the woman who did it actually. Yeah, the woman. The woman who did this. So we got to sue them because reasons. Yeah, and they are spewing bogosity all over the place. They're saying that California law and industry standards require GitHub to remove social security numbers and other personal information from its site, which they claim was there for three months. They also claim that GitHub is in violation of the Federal Wiretap Act, as well as being guilty of negligence, negligence per se, and violating California's civil code. The problem is, none of that data, none of the social security numbers or anything else, was ever stored anywhere on github oh so pretty much this whole suing thing is pointless then well it's microsoft it's a deep pocket so yeah yeah a github spokesperson told zdnet quote the file posted on github in this incident did not contain any social security numbers bank account information or any other reportedly stolen personal information we received a request from Capital One to remove content containing information about the methods used to steal the data, which we took down promptly after receiving their request. Kind of reminds me when that one racist mass shooter, I think it was, and it turned out he had an account on Gab, and so now we have to go after Gab because of this one guy and take him down. Then again, and by that logic, then we should be taking down Facebook, Twitter, yeah. probably Google <laughs> itself because he used Google once upon, maybe, you know, he was on Google Chrome. You can't just go around taking down every single thing, you know, because again, he like, well, he used this, well, he used that, so... No, these are tools. The person at the end of the day is responsible for doing these acts. Find a person who did the act. No, don't go after the, uh, the tools that go after the person. And they also assert 
that GitHub actively encourages hacking, sort of like, oh, Gab being a place for white supremacists and things like that, they point to a repository named Awesome Hacking, where you can get resources for things like bug bounties, fuzzing, pen testing, reverse engineering, and many other things. But those are all things you do to secure software and networks. They're how you find bugs and security holes so you can close them. It's like I said before, there's really no difference between a hacking tool and a security tool. Either way, you're looking for bugs, whether to exploit them or to fix them. You know, it's the same tools, and they're apparently just trying to blow a lot of smoke, hoping to fool a judge that doesn't know anything about either cybersecurity or Section 230. Again, it's tools. You don't go after the tools. You go after the person who acted upon them and such. And, you know, at the end of the day, the person who did this horrible crime... They're the ones who are responsible, not the ways it and such, so. So all of that makes these gluttons, as well as their shyster ambulance chasers, this week's biggest bogan emitter. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I, Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's mislocate this week's Idiot And this week it goes to Kurt James Brockway, who has been charged with a felony after physically assaulting a 13-year-old boy. Why? Because the boy didn't remove his hat for the national anthem. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this could be the person who is, our, um, you know, not just the uh, biggest uh, idiot of the year, probably biggest a-hole of the year. But uh, Because honestly, this is uh, attacking a child. Yeah. It took place at a rodeo at the Mineral County Fair in Superior, Montana. The anthem began, Brockway told the boy to remove his hat, and the boy responded with an expletive. Brockway then grabbed the boy by his throat, lifted him into the air, and slammed him to the ground, leaving him with bleeding ears and a skull fracture. Wow, I, you know, seriously, choke slamming him, cracking his skull, because hey, you know, that's how you, um, you know, make sure that kid never learns, learns the lesson and such. Well, the boy was choppered to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital in Spokane and was later released. I didn't get any details about his condition after that. I'm assuming released means he's pretty much okay, and hopefully he doesn't have any lasting injuries from it. Yeah. Because, I mean, a skull fracture is nothing to play around with. Uh, and, and here's the worst part. That kid could have died. He could have been killed. And he's, you know, out right now. Well, he's scheduled for arraignment on August 14th. If he's convicted of assaulting a minor, he could get up to five years in prison. 
Five years. Really? I know. It seems like it should be more, but, you know. But that's... Considering most murderers get out in six and a half, you know. You know, once you start attacking a child, I mean, 13 years old, I'm hopeful this kid is going to be all right and such, but... Once you assault a kid, I think you should be, you know, if it's what I'm saying you, you know, if the kid died, then I'm like, you know, 10, 20 years and such. But since this kid seemed to be okay, I would say not only he gets served the uh, maximum, you know, when he's in there, he gets like some therapy or something to make sure that this, like, he realizes what he has done and tries to correct that type of behavior. Well, unfortunately, in our prisons... Not only does there not seem to be many options for therapy, the whole thing seems to be set up to be psychological torture in the first place. And we've heard from Dave Turcotte firsthand about how terrible anger management actually is. He said he actually wasn't that angry a person until he was forced to go through anger management. So I don't know what else to do in that situation. You know, because I do, when I go to events, there are some people who do, people my age and such, who don't take their hats off or something. I'm not going to go out there and beat the crap out of them or stuff like that, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I honestly, the, the reason why he did all this is supposedly because he's trying to protect the integrity of the country. Like, the country integrity is not going to crumble and crack if, like, someone doesn't take off their hat. If the integrity of the United States is going to crack and crumble because one kid didn't take his hat for national anthem, that means that the, the integrity of the country is not only weak, it doesn't exist in the first place. Yeah, and this is kind of that right-wing my country right or wrong thing which brought an interesting question to my head what would have happened if it had been a mega hat oh because we've seen people attacked by leftists just for wearing a mega hat you know that might have been some kind of you know universal you know antimatter explosion or something like that oh yeah they would have just been like Ugh. no one would have known if they're supposed to be for it or against it <laughs> exactly and when you have uh, Brockway here, this dude who chokeslammed a kid just because he didn't take off his hat, that person should be locked up. And honestly, we should look and say, okay, why did he did it? You know, and try to correct that behavior, therapy, that sort of thing. And then again, that's another issue because, you know, the way we treat pre prisons in this country, it's more revenge fantasy than actually improvement. So, Yeah, uh, if you look on Medium, someone posted a letter that Ross Ulbricht had written to Roger Veer about that very sort of thing. So go, go and check that out. But I'll just quote what Better Than You 134 said about this story on the Bogosity Discord. This is the same behavior that cultists have towards apostates. I don't understand why some people call libertarianism a religion when statists will beat children for failing to respect it. True. That's what it is. The the boy attacked the guy's religion. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And heck, you know, as a Christian, I you know, I could take the slings and arrows and I'm just fine. But some people, once you attack, say, the state, man, they will turn into the most zealots of the zealots, man. They go into this weird type of, like... Like, you do not attack this guy. I'm like, dude, you need to calm down a bit. So all of that makes Kurt Brockway this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this Happiest Days of Our Lives edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto. 
Or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Charles Thomas for joining me. No problem. Until next time, here's a quote from Frank Herbert. When I am weaker than you, I ask you for freedom, because that is according to your principles. When I am stronger than you, I take away your freedom, because that is according to my principles. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now. The 18th is credit for taking risks, even if the path forward should have been fairly obvious about talking about, like, the uh cord uh cu- cutting and such which was years ago netflix and you have amazon prime started this stuff and i'll put hulu there too you know this is the place i can sit there and watch all of the uh this great content without being a part of cable well but i mean that that's an interesting thought if you look at the different streaming services netflix which has always been its own thing you know and i'm just thinking from the technological aspect they do it best i know there are problems with like you know a lot of uh, political decisions they made the in the company but as far as the streaming technology is concerned they do it best hulu doesn't do it quite amazon does it really well too with amazon prime hulu doesn't do it quite as well i think because they've just been propped up by so many of the big networks and stuff like that and then you look at sony with playstation view which my wife really likes that because it has a lot of channels she likes. But man, the technology there sucks. And I mean, this is like friggin' Sony. You know, they have the resources to put into it, but I guess they've just been propped up for so long. It's like they don't really know how to compete in that area. Yeah. I'm not really surprised. It's that type of, you know, you know, Sony has its make, you know, as someone who plays, you know, their game consoles, good ideas, but... Oh, Sony's hardware is unbeatable. I, I've always liked yeah, that. Things hardware, like Sony, Sony cameras and stuff like that are just amazing and they last forever. <laughs> yeah, but the software, that's the issue. And sometimes the software doesn't really connect well with their hardware sometimes and then bam. And then now you have the these other streaming servers like Disney+. Plus. So hopefully we'll bring some good consistent program and, and, and such my hope is that they start cutting down you know maybe just say you know instead of atria go and atrio now or whatever or att now they're gonna just slowly but surely shift people to hbo max and stuff saying here is a consistent you know uh way of streaming not like 10 15 20 of these you know i mean i'm surprised att universe is still a thing you know, I'm surprised they are still keeping that thing up. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's ridiculous because they got all this grant money to say, oh, we'll get UVerse together. We'll get it everywhere. Back when UVerse meant, you know, putting in fiber. Well, now we have UVerse here, but why? Because they just renamed their slow, crappy DSL service to UVerse. So yeah, it's a whole four megabits. You can get. That.
Yeah. It just never wowed me. And I'm not really a tech guy, but I was like, mm, no, I think Verizon is probably the, it, it is the best version, best stuff to have on the internet for the like, most part. Well, I mean, if you're talking like internet connectivity, I think people are going to be really surprised when the cable companies start rolling out Doxis 3.1, cause that's gotten no attention in the media, but it has the potential to deliver full duplex fiber level connections over the existing cables so i think that'll be amazing when they get that going uh what is that again that's called doxis 31 d-o-c-s-i-s i forget what it stands for but it's the standard for uh cable internet transmissions for internet service and like all the the big cable companies use it and the main doxis 31 when it comes out is going to be like 10 gigabits down and two gigabits up and then they're going to make a full duplex version which is 10 gigabits both ways I mean, that's fast fiber speeds. Yeah. And hopefully, maybe this will make sure Google Stratia won't be a complete screw up. Maybe. But I mean, the, the advantage they're going to have here is they don't have to lay new cable, which is always the biggest expense. It, it works over the existing cable. Just a nice long strand of copper coming right into your home. There's not much they can beat that. Why does it take so long to have actually this stuff? You know, I guarantee you the reason why it took so long is because some... You know, somebody just like uh, grease some palms and some state government to say, no, 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 we'll we'll keep this thing, this crappy internet here. But, you know. Well, I mean, first of all, one thing is it does take a lot to develop this kind of thing. I mean, we're talking about really amazing technology here. But also, I think it would be a lot faster if it wasn't like you just have one cable company in town. If you had your choice of two or three of them, you know, whoever implements this first is going to grab all the subscribers and. So that's going to light a fire under the rest. But as long as it's, as long as you have these franchise agreements with counties and municipalities and things like that, where they're the only cable company that, you know, you have the option for, then, you know, I think that's going to be a problem.